Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. Money back as a free bet on any championship match on live TV. If you're losing first goal scorer, bet gets a goal. I'm not finished yet. It took me a long time to get here. Both players have, have spoken with each other and uh, um, they regret what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other and they're, they're both of them are keen to, to now focus on getting back to their county jerseys. That these fellas will get such a shit shot next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their houses for 10 years. So I landed back from Australia, Conan, on Saturday and I was looking online thinking like, well, what games are on on Sunday now? At least I'll be able to get right back into it. And I saw Limerick Hurling County final, Patrick's well versus the Piercing. I went, lovely. And then I went, Donegal semi-final, Kilcar versus Guido. And I went, oh my God, what a stroke of luck on the day you get back for two absolutely brilliant games. And I was bored out of my mind watching. <laughs> they were in no mean, by no means classics either one of them, which was really disappointing. Yeah, welcome back to the day job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of. Well, there was good weather up in Donegal, which was a surprise enough. But neither game caught fire at all. It just, I just maybe I just had it expected too much on the Sunday, and you're back into club season. You know how giddy I get about club season. I have a full roundup done here, uh, but the two games definitely on TG Cahir yesterday were uh, they were dull enough stuff. Yeah, sometimes I think I don't appreciate how boring some games can be. It's only when I watch some of back, like I was looking at the Guido game again and how easily you can skip forward two minutes with nothing happening yeah or how long somebody's dying injured or you know and it's just it's just nothing going on for large parts of the match yeah so, yeah. so we haven't hit club season yet we haven't really hit um, although county final Patrick Swell and Pearson was a county final Patrick Swell obviously were huge underdogs coming into this and this will tell you how off form, form the Pearson was obviously Michael Ryan Tipperary manager like a very big appointment from them and they never caught fire at all they just didn't um, for the opening 90 minutes of the second half Patrick Swell didn't score um, Galan had four wides one from a free three from play he didn't score at all from play Dermot Burns had six wides four from frees and they still beat the Pearson who are on paper, the best team along with Kula in the country, they're a superpower. It's just a bizarre off, off, 
off form performance by Napierschik. Yeah, I was actually looking at it though, thinking, Jesus, uh, Patrick Swell are shitting themselves here now because Napierschik just kept reining them back in. But got them back, yeah. When he got all square, I think it was Jeremy Burns who just pinged one from just outside his own 45 and got them back ahead and then they managed to always stay in front. But yeah, like, I, I, I'm not a big hurling expert, but Patrick Swell looked like the better team to me. They looked more up for it. You know, it just, they just looked like they were going to be county champions the whole way through the game, whereas Napierschik just were unconvincing. Yeah, they were. Only Peter Casey kind of played well. He was really, he was really, really good. Kieran Carey, the Patrick Swell manager, said after game, the sweet thing for me really was our seventh match this year. That's in the championship. Uh, we weren't beaten once, and we overturned Dune twice and beaten Piercing twice. So I think it's the championship we won in style. He definitely, it definitely was. Keen Lynch was outstanding. He's captain. Um, he lifted the cup. He scored an, a sensational early point, which mm-hmm. was just out of the very, very top drawer. He plays fantasy hurling and another brilliant pickup. At intercounty level, unbelievable. Imagine, dude. imagine him against a lowly club player. Like it's just unfair. <laughs> he just plays on a different level to intercounty players, and then he got two points at the end. Um, you know when his team really needed it. So, like, I mean, he was the shining light. Even though you know Burns wasn't bad, but hit wise, Garlan only recovered from a broken jaw and then got a tap in training. So he wasn't at. He wasn't um, yeah. firing on all cylinders. But that pick up from Lynch, like, I can't believe somebody would have the audacity to do it. three people around yeah. him. Terrible ball from Galan. I think he had tried to go up and catch it, and yeah. just to do that with so many. But they men, all do that. Like I, to be honest, like I mean, you see loads of hurlers doing that, but they do it in warm up and to do it. Keen Lynch regularly does it in matches, and it's not just when he does it when he's surrounded by players. Yeah. It's almost impossible the way he does it. I, the actual skill of doing it. You can see loads of players doing it, but they'd never do it in the situations Keane <laughs> yeah. Lynch does it in. You know, and then he just wriggles out. A great, great call from the referee to let play go on for the goal. Like normally that would just get blown up straight away and then like even if the goal went in the ref would be like no blew me whistle and give it but he yeah. didn't he was so not so slow but he was patient with his whistle like and just let the play yeah. go ahead. No, was that, and it was a brilliant goal yeah. so Patrick's well now are on the top of honour top of the role of honour with 20 county titles one more than a hand so there you go um, congratulations to Patrick's well um, I always laugh when Aaron Gillan told me that with his football finishes not this year the year before um, when they won the All-Ireland he was trying to put them in the top corner and I was saying you must have played some Gaelic football and he was like if a Gaelic football was kicked in to Patrick's well it would be burst they're, they're just <laughs> the, the Patrick's well are just pure hurling and that's it they're hurling snobs of the highest order then we get to Kilcar Guidor and I didn't put the result into Twitter didn't try to find it out says I'm going to sit down and watch this and this never kicked into life at all I saw the Guidor manager Mervyn O'Donnell said his team had been disrespected <laughs> on the way in you know you need that siege mentality we're Ulster champions Kilcar were favourites going into the game um, because they were running up big totals but this was like the um, Guido just turned a screw on them they got the goals when it mattered Kilcar it was an evenly matched game it was two evenly matched teams Guido yeah. were just able to get goals Kilcar didn't even look like they were getting a sniff of a goal and they got their match up with McFadden Farry and Ryan McHugh perfect and kept him completely out of the game McBrearty obviously played well but they just weren't able to threaten the goal every time they got it back their hearts will be broken with with a Guido goal and that was kind of the story of the game. Yeah, because he did rally at one stage to get it back to two points from six down. But yeah. Yeah, Guido are just strong, aren't they? Like, and yeah, O'Donnell was saying that it felt like Kilcar had won the Ulster Championship and <laughs> like in no other scenario would that like all in the semi-finals be underdogs for the county semi-final? Yeah, against? they struggled over Bundoran the previous round and Kilcar were on fire. I suppose like, I mean, that and Kilcar aren't any ducks they were champions the year before. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, Ah, look, they need that kind of stuff. You can imagine the speeches in the dress room and the Guidor lads would be rural enough and it's, lads, there's no one giving us a chance yeah. here. <laughs> you know, they'd be frothing at the mouth, these fellas. Yeah, and you go through, 
through the whole thing, like, you know, McGee on McBirthday, Eamon McGee was just so clean. Like, everything he did was just calm and clean. Like, he he set up so many scores for them. Darrow Wales just got, he's got different DNA to me and you. He's just a greyhound, like, you know, just going up the pitch. It's so easy for him. He seems to have moved to wing back now and he's playing there for the club rather than midfield. So they had made changes there. Eamon McGee was in midfield uh, along with... Um, Michael Carroll Oh Michael yeah. Carroll That was it Yeah he was in midfield So they've ma- made a couple of tweaks Nate Obuil is out on the wing um, He's in wing forward And um, Audra McNeilish is in a centre forward So look There are not too many changes But Kevin Cassidy goal finished it It was two in it at that stage And Jesus what a brilliant goal And how many goals do we see Come from miss miskicked uh, pointed attempts Like the defence kind of switch off Mentally I suppose When, um, when Audra McNeilish is lining up a, a free you kind of tend to switch off yeah. a little bit. Cassidy didn't switch off. His finish was out of the very, very top drawer. And the mad, like you could put so many balls in like that and probably wouldn't get a goal out of it. But when it, when it's a pointed effort, it, you're right, people seem to switch off. But maybe the, the angle or the trajectory is a bit different as well. And, and sometimes in your head, you're kind of fo- you start following the flight of the ball over the bar, you know, or whatever. <laughs> and suddenly then it's not going over the bar. It's yeah. dropping short and you're not switched on. I felt for the fullback, uh, McShane, because like... Cassidy, his back's too big, his arms are too big, his, his head's too big, so you can't even see around him. Yeah. Like, and he's too old, that fullback, yeah. anyway. <laughs> Silver Fox. <laughs> the Silver he's Fox. just up point, trying to punch anything, and like he just can't get round. Cassidy's just got everything under control. He's got your man behind him. Yeah. He catches the ball and so Very unfortunate from Paddy McBrearty. Probably one of the cleanest, best hits you'll see in your whole life yeah. on McFadden Farry, and a free was given against him. Jesus, that was perfect hit. Perfect hit. And McBrearty's a stocky fella. McFadden Farry's no, no, uh, skinny little fella either yeah. he's stocky too but he was completely rattled that wasn't a free he was disappointed and pure club football Nisho Boyle's point one 70 plus year old umpire at the near post waved it wide <laughs> and then another 70 plus umpire waved it as a point yeah. so then an an elderly referee went down to the two <laughs> and he actually started laughing. He had a good chat with the old umpire that, that had waved it wide and he just came out with a smile on his face and just allowed it. Yeah, and he didn't even signal what he, what he was, the lion or not. He wrote down the point, but I, I was wondering what is the point of this conversation because one person was telling him it was over and the other person told him it was white. And yeah. then sort of no, rest. it's how sure are you? Not that, not that sure. <laughs> they both looked sure enough, like, you know, for, for as sure as they can look. But, yeah. yeah. So I thought that was a classic. So Kevin Cassidy tweeted after the game, he tweeted a can of a picture of a can of Coke and a curry chip and says, this is how we celebrate now. So, you know, this is the way it works. Went to David Brady sees that can of Coke. <laughs> yeah, he'll be livid over the can and curry chips. There's a lot of calories in that there, yeah. Kevin. So if you lose a match in three years time we might <laughs> tie it back to that can of coke and, uh, and curry chips so they play um, Nave Connell um, Glenties in the final they beat, beat Junins by a point um, and that's a repeat of last year's final so to be honest I'm not looking forward to that final I don't care who we just know how that final is going to pan out I don't yeah. think this new attacking philosophy has hit Donegal club football no. yet even though the county team has maybe turned the corner um, a little bit the Longford final Ronan McGoldrick fisted a point to win it. So it was Kilo, 12 points, Longford Slashers, 11 points. So, like, I mean, this is one situation where a fisted point can be celebrated. It can be championed. It can be cheered. It's 11 all. <laughs> like, I mean, we're getting towards the, the dying seconds of the game and he's in and he makes no mistake by just fisting over the bar. That's when a commentator can say he did the right thing. Right? <laughs> Are we agreed on that? I, I, I think just Keen, to be now fair. that Keane Ward isn't here, we can agree <laughs> that that is perfectly legitimate fist point over the bar, win a county title. It's a low scoring game. 
that point's as good as a goal. There's another cliche for you. I know Keane Ward, what exactly he would say, but just put it in the net and win the county final. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, to be fair, you need to so- come up with some sort of extensive list for when it is acceptable. When it is allowed, yeah. Well, that's definitely one. Like, I mean, Jesus, I'd celebrate that. And he's entitled to run to the crowd and put his fist up in the air at the crowd for that fist to point. <laughs> and I'm not going to complain on the Monday. Hand of God. Sort of yeah. <laughs> Ronan McGoldrick, you did the right thing. Congratulations. <laughs> a Roger back on top in Carlo. So that's three in a row. Now, I don't mean back, in a, back on top because they're winning three in a row. They hammered Palatine in the final 116 to five points. Um, they only won one. They went through a bit of a drought between 08 and 17. They only won one in eight years. Um, but they're back on top. They don't seem to be good enough to make an impact on Leinster, but they're definitely back on top in, in Carlo. Most people my age would have a graph for Airog. I've said that before after them dominating Leinster and Carlo in the 90s. They were a great team back then. Couldn't get over the line for an All-Ireland. Um, Sean Gannon is their captain he's uh, obviously a very good player at uh, inter-county level the game of the weekend though was in Kerry East Kerry 20 points Cairns are at least 3-9 Cairns are at least 3-1 to to 2 points up after 15 minutes that should be the game over now Cairns are at least Cairns are at least manager Mike Quirk We'll talk about him in part uh, in the next part of the show in things that I've missed when I was away um he he was their manager, but like I mean, East Kerry would would have been strong favourites going into that. They're you know they should have won it last year. Were favourites to win it and didn't. Um, they scored twenty points to three nine, so they pretty much were kind of dominating the game. I think David Moran was outstanding. David Clifford got the last two points in the extra time to win it. He got five from play in total. Um, so that's it. So Barry John Keane got a straight red card. So I don't know. Mike Quirk got. Kearns uh, Ratley's to the last two semi-finals so like I mean he's done pretty well it was a bit of a left field choice again we'll talk about the leash stuff in, in the next part but that's it East Kerry um, East Kerry into the final after a classic yeah, but you would think yeah, ten two up. Maybe this is Ulster bias coming in on me. But after fifteen minutes, just see it out to half time. Oh, take off three forwards and bring on three backs. <laughs> yeah. You know, like we ordered it brilliantly in that game. They were wasting like running down the clock. They were wasting time. Yeah, like you'd think you'd want to go at least five points in ahead at half time, wouldn't you? When you're eight up after fifteen minutes. But like you look through at some of the players there that you have highlighted down in the sheet, like Jack Savage, Tommy Walsh, Barry John Keane. Well, that's their full forward line, yeah. so that's pretty tasty. Like, I mean, you know, they've Gavin O'Brien in the half forward line. Um, Kearns or Ratleys have a very good team. Yeah, so it is like you wouldn't really want to to take them off either, would you? <laughs> when you've got all those boys. I was joking, Conan, about taking <laughs> off three forwards. So, so Willie, I disagree with you. I wouldn't take them off. <laughs> Classic. So, like, I mean, you're half taking me seriously on that. Like, I mean, are you not shifting your, your mindset away after that All-Ireland final to like, this is what we want. This of is course. what, this, this, this is it. So the counties that have not followed that template are being left uh, badly behind. Talking about a county... Um, maybe potentially following that template Tyrone Club Championship defending champions Coal Island were uh, knocked out uh, Trillick beat them that's Lee Brennan's um, club so they beat them 13-12 which is no surprise at that scoreline in Tyrone Club football while the Tyrone team are experimenting with a more attacking brand of football I'm not sure it has filtered definitely down but this is sensational this Cl- Tyrone Club Championship we know that there can be a little bit arm wrestling the matches and stuff, but when it comes to competition, I don't think there's a club championship in the country that can compete with it. Um, it hasn't been retained since 0405, uh, where uh, who was it? Did it? Who was it? Did it? Uh, Carrick, Carrick Moore. Carrick Moore. Yeah. They did it. 
since in the last eight years there have been seven different winners now I don't mean this has been one team another team then another team you know different, the same teams winning yeah, it in yeah. alternate years this has been seven different winners Dramore Ergil Kieran, uh, Clonoa Ratleys Oma Trillick Killy Clogher and Cole Island Oma have won it twice in that eight years that's unbelievable it's actually unbelievable. And now this year again, Cole Island, the champions have been knocked out by a pint uh, by Trillick. It's just, it's it's the impossible uh, club championship to retain. Yeah, and in the other semi-final, Carrick Moore, um, they got put out by Eric O'Kearn, who haven't won it since 2012. Like, you know, Eric O'Kearn was such stock as well. And like, even if you look at the rules of honour, like, Carrick Moore have only won it 15 times, but they, they've won it the most. You know, in most counties, it's usually 30, or le- yeah, like the yeah. late 20s or something like that. And in the last three years, there's been five different teams in the final. So the six final places, five different teams. Like, so it is really a lottery almost. Like, that's why the crowds come out to it, because yeah. they, they don't know who's going to win. No idea, like, no yeah. idea. And I was up at Ergil Kieran at a league game earlier this year. We did the live show mm. up, up, up in uh, their club. And they were very hopeful of being back as a force, you know, um, and they're, they're back in the final. I'd imagine they'll go into that final as, as favourites then against Trillick. Look, listen, with this with this championship, you never know. Yeah, it'd be interesting, obviously, if Peter Hurt and Dara Canavan and Ben McDonald, so they've got some spine there for, for attacking and just like Porrick McInerney's some club player for them too. So our man Lee Brennan's going to have his own ideas on the other side, but like Eric O'Kearon, they do look good and they've had a lot of big results in this championship so far. Yeah, exactly. Leash Hurling semi-finals run yesterday. So Ross King, um, last year he got his tooth knocked out. This was well documented in the final against Cameras. It was a terrible, sickening uh, blow that he got um, and obviously didn't commit with Leash until April because of it and you know like I mean he went through terrible time um, terrible pain and surgery on his uh, lip and on his teeth and all sorts of stuff and uh, so Ratdowney Earl drew cameras in the semi-final yesterday and obviously this was a repeat of the final and Cameras are winning it by two points we're moved into the 61st minute there's it's a, it's a crappy enough game nothing really happening you would imagine watching it that this there's no way back here for Rat Downey Earl and the next minute he gets a ball which is a, a decent enough ball in he's about 21 metres out controls the ball up in the air uh, turns around and buries it into the t- into the roof of the net from 21 metres metres out what a fairy tale uh, kind of comeback from Ross against Cam Ross a year later he said after the game I've dreamed about this for 365 days <laughs> just fantastic stuff all around yeah it was an absolute screamer Actually, I think his first touch was, was bad enough it, it bobbled up bobbled right up yeah but that he, helped because the defender like, switched to go after that high ball then and he was just quicker caught it and turned and the flight of the ball it was like it was just it never started low it was high the whole time straight under the roof of the yeah, net was that was it and like I mean you have to love these uh, county board TVs now because we get to see all these scores mm. and uh, O'Sheen O'Neill scored for Cross McGlenn yeah. um, we'll talk about that in a minute and you know you get to see a point or a goal that you would never have seen before so I think these are great uh, development with, with county boards recording all of their all of their games one thing I don't like about them is all these championship club football games are in a moor park now because that's where the the cameras are set up and everything ah, right. so you know the early rounds like I know club players like to play in a moor park and everything but I remember club games when I was playing Moore Park was would have only been for the semi-final or the final you, you, something I used to love was going to Timahoe or Stradbally or somewhere and they'd have a grassy bank and the mm. supporters would be riding on top of you and there'd be a great 
the early rounds being played in the Moor Park have lost atmosphere massively. Do you know what I mean? But so I'm not sure. I think I think it's great to have these recorded, but at the same time, I think that moving county championships around the different club venues, I think, is really good too. That is part of it, like isn't it? Going to these different venues yeah. and, and players having to deal with that too. And like if you look at the the Derry semi final, there were six thousand there on Sunday. And if that was a Celtic Park, six thousand doesn't seem yeah you're as lost big a crowd in it yeah. anymore. Yeah, but when it's in Owen Bay, it's tight. It it feels packed. It is packed. And uh, well, you're lucky with Owen Bay in that you have now almost a second county yeah. grounds there. You and know, that's, that's in the middle of the county as well. Yeah. So Rathdowney Earl player Boris Kilcotton, who beat Clock Balakala in the other semi final yesterday. So PJ Scully scored eighteen points out of 25 in that game so that was uh, brilliant so we have a, a great final um, to look forward to there in Mayo club football Ballahadreen beat Castle Bar so this was a bit of a shock they played Ballantubber in the Mayo final Ballantubber won it last year so like I mean they beat them really convincingly really so like I mean Castle Bar um, you would imagine based on the last 10 years would have been would have been able to win that one Ballahadreen have David Drake they have Keen Hanley they have Andy Moran Moran, Andy Moran got three points uh, interestingly uh, how do you pronounce this you interviewed him before Akram Sharozi 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 Akram who's obviously a very good underage player and he's on the senior squad I'm pretty sure he did a Paddy Durkin on Paddy Durkin so I thought that was an interesting thing. <laughs> so Paddy Durkin obviously is able to do that man-marking job, did it on Jack McCaffrey. But Akram, Paddy Durkin, Paddy Durkin. <laughs> but isn't it good? Like you even go back to Weed Or, like McFadden Ferry on McHugh, but they all know in their heads they have to do something going forward as well. And they're trying to put them on the back foot. Yeah. And it's the same with Akram and it's the same with Durkin and the same with with McFadden Ferry as well for yeah. Weed Because there's nothing, psychologically, there's nothing more annoying than being man-marked and the fella that's man-marking you then actually gets a point. Yeah. Then you're really rattled and you're like, you, you, you're just frustration can boil over at that stage, you know? Yeah. Like he sneaks away to get one because mentally you're not prepared to man-mark him the way he's prepared to man-mark you. So he's, he's going into the game in a completely different mindset yeah. than you. And then after he scores, he runs out and goes straight over straight to you. Straight onto you. And everyone's looking at you thinking, why didn't you follow him? And you're livid. Yeah, and then you yeah. have to follow him then the rest of the very, game. It's actually very hard. I've been in those situations. It's very hard to turn that back around. Do you know what I mean? You, when that frustration sets in and in your head, you you weren't prepared for this. Mm. It's very hard to mentally change your change your way around and you now do that job on him and you then try to get away. It's, it, it's almost yeah. impossible. You just have to hope you can get a couple of balls, get a couple of scores and turn the tables back on him, you know? Yeah, you're going out thinking, I'm, I'm the game winner. I'll get on the ball and make something happen, ask questions and then, yeah, you're suddenly having to answer questions yourself. Yeah, exactly. So Derry Championship, it all kicked off yesterday, semi-finals as well. Nearly all the counties are at semi-final stage other than yeah. the, the odd county final like Longford and Carlow and Limerick hurling. So Slock Neil are beaten again. This is the second year in a row that they've been beaten yeah. by, in, in a surprise, they've been beaten by the Glen. Um, I saw an interesting uh, tweet whether, it, whether I don't know some things I find interesting it's the first time this is Catter O'Kane it's the first time a Derry final will be contested by two town teams since Dungiven and Mahara felt in 1983 the Kulshis are loving it up in, <laughs> up in Derry kind of. that is a nice stat in fairness it, it is a nice stat because I'm a town man myself and in leash football 
it would be the towns. It would be Port Leash, Stradbally, Port Harlington. Do you know, the towns mm. are still strong. Whereas that's that that's an amazing stat. Yeah, no, it is good because I know like, coming from a town team yourself and Derry's were from the city, obviously. You you wouldn't call the city. Well, you're not from Dublin at one point. At you. <laughs> no, but you see, this is the thing. I'm a big fish in a small pond in Leash. I'm a townie yeah. and I call the other clubs culties and then Dublin people call me a culture. Yeah, that's like, it. What are you on about? Yeah. I'm from a big town in <laughs> <laughs> And then you, like, you get it all the time in Leash. Like we got it in Derry, just, you know, the tiny so-and-so's like yeah, and we're, yeah. we're yellow and we're not up for it and stuff we're not up for it as much <laughs> as the cultsies are like so yeah it's good to see that Mahara felt they're in there um Glenn's a really like obviously a massive result like six weeks ago they played uh Sock Neil in the league final and got hammered by 18 points right so they turned that Jesus. around in that space of time and obviously it's Sock Neil like Sock Neil we always said at the time but they won four championships in a row but that was to take them to five in total you know, it wasn't like they're like these serial winners in Derry yeah, at yeah. senior level. So maybe that's just coming to the end of that team. Is that team broken up though? Is, uh, like, I mean, who's gone after all Ireland team? Like, not as like Patsy not Bradley's on the bench for them. Um, it's still, in fairness to them, it's still um, consistent enough of what because they weren't an old to. team when they were getting to those all Ireland finals. No, I understand like, Patsy Bradley in midfield. Yeah, and like you have to like Mickey Moore obviously did such a big job. He was with a big him thing. Well. Yeah. Like, um, and. Everybody else in Derry getting a bit more competitive, I suppose, too. Like, Coleraine are, are a good team. But Glenn Maharat, who beat them, we've been waiting for them to come through for ages. They won four Ulster minor titles um, five years ago was the last one. So, like, sort of waiting for that team to come and do something at senior level. Uh, Connor Glass would have been part of that team as well for the four years. So, like, they're, they're a good outfit as well. Um, like, 6,000 people down to watch it. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a local derby, Stock Neil and like Glen Maharati run right into each other right. as well. So, like, lots of stake there. Yeah, the Glen must have a big population, and there'll be a lot of neutrals going to that because Slock Nail's whole population could be there, and they weren't going to make much of an impact on <laughs> yeah. that six thousand. So, like, I mean, people just go to these county finals outside of the participating county semi-finals outside of the participating clubs. Yeah, like there, there was four thousand. Yeah, there was four thousand on Saturday at uh, Banagher against Maharafelt, and there was one point in that game. Right, um, there was four thousand at the league final between Slock Nail and Glen really? Mahara as well. Yeah, they're good numbers. Yeah, it's really like yeah. that's what people love doing, and they love going to watch club football. So. Yeah, like yeah, Mahara would have been actually when Derry won the All Ireland in '93. That would have been like the main event. That's where it all went because it's like sort of the capital of South Derry, if you like, and that's okay. where most of the clubs and most of the players were coming from at the time. So that's where it, it all culminated back okay. in Mahara. So there we go, two town teams back in the mix again. So get in there, coming from a, a town, a townie myself. Burr are back in Burr are back in the Offaly Senior Final. They, um, Debbie Kilcormac Kalahi. Um, yesterday beaten by four points um, Cormac Kalahi have been pretty strong since 2012 won four county titles so Burr take on St. Rhinas in the final this was the final in 2016 Burr haven't won a championship since 2008 so they're back in the mix they've lost three since since they've won in 2008 Barry Wheelahan obviously remember him I will you won't Conan he was uh, player for uh, Offaly in back in the 90s and maybe early 2000s you know he's uh, had two brothers playing as well Brian Wheelan you might remember Brian Wheelan would you? Yeah Okay yeah we'll move on <laughs> There's not going to be any follow up questions <laughs> <ever>. <laughs> He's on the team of the century Brian Wheelan um, so he's brilliant and their father used to manage the team so he's following in, in their footsteps Ryan has hammered them earlier on in the year 
Um, so it'll be interesting to see whether Burke can get back on top of the pile or not or whether Rhinos can beat them again in the final. Like I mentioned, our mass semi-finals, um, Cross McGlenn beat Mahary 2.98 points. Oshin O'Neill got a goal in the first minute. Um, saw the clip of that goal. It was pure Cross McGlenn. It was an outside of the right foot uh, it wasn't a tasty diagonal ball. It was yeah. almost like a ball. It just it seemed to. It was off the outside of the boot, but it wasn't exactly massively diagonal. It was onto the edge of the square, and Ushin O'Neill did the rest really. Yeah. So it was just simplicity at its very best. And we know Cross McGlenn um, are well able to score those uh, those type of goals. So, like I mean, Jesus with the with with the players that Cross McGlenn have, um, very hard to see them not winning there again. They're going to be playing Bally McNabb, who they beat last year in the final which was a classic final a classic first half at least anyways and mm. they needed extra time to beat off uh, Grain Moore 16 to 13 we know that they've got the Grugans and Gavin McPartland up front so they're decent so it'll be a good final in store again um, Joe Brody might write an article on it <laughs> <laughs> so that's the that's the club roundup, up uh, Conan the other news today then the Leinster Championship draw if there hasn't been any other kind of uh, indication of how shite the, the provincial <laughs> championships are, done. is that it's now the draw has been done on radio on different days. So, like, we know the hurling, obviously, is a league, so that's gone. Mm. So you can understand the, the situation. I'm not criticising RTE for taking it off the TV. Yeah. It was terribly boring anyway, so it was, let's be honest. Um, there's only two championships that you'd have any interest in seeing the draw for, and that's Ulster, and that's kind of diminishing year on year. Mm. Um and also Connacht and like I mean let's be honest on the national scale are Connacht champions big players anymore I'm not too sure all Ireland yeah. contenders so like I mean let's let's be honest it's it's nothing special for the record Carlo play Offaly and that's a very good uh, opening draw for both both counties Wexford play Wicklow excellent uh, draw for Paul Galvin in his first year with uh, Wexford Paul Galvin's going to be on the show on Thursday uh, by the way I'll let you know and then Loud play Longford um, this is in the first round. Then the quarterfinals. Kildare play Carlow or Offaly. Kildare win. Mead play Wexford or Wicklow. Mead win. Leash play Loud or Longford. Leash win. And Westmead drawn out first against Dublin. Dublin win. Whether it's played, we don't know. It'd be great if they just sent it to Cusick Park altogether. How fantastic would that be? We were blue in the face saying this, that the Leinster County in the quarterfinals should get a home draw against Dublin. Then we'll hear all the crying about the season ticket holders and all this old nonsense, even though we know in every other sport that if sometimes you're drawn away and your season ticket holder can't go to that game, obviously because the venue's too small. We know that in every other sport in the world, that's what happens. But obviously the GEA are given uh, preference to people who have season tickets so that no county can ever really host uh, a home draw against Dublin because there's probably a bigger venue for their season ticket holders. You understand uh, all that? Yeah, we might um, get a documentary from RTE again following the Dublin fans up to Westmead for the game just to show that they travel to the matches. Remember they did that this year? Did they the, do that? Oh yeah, they followed them on the bus the way down to wherever the game was this year. Right. And a whole big thing, like, you know, interviewing these Dublin fans who were leaving Dublin to go to go watch a match. <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't that many of them actually. Was, that was in Amore Park. That'll probably be in Amore Park, that one. Um, you'd imagine are in, in Tullamore as well because they won't give Westmead the, the home advantage. Other news that just happened at the weekend, Donald Maloney has pulled out of the Clare um, job. 
He issued a statement. He said, due to the ongoing uncertainty over the process of selecting new management and despite the support I've received from the hurling squad, I do not wish to inhibit members of the existing management team and persons who had committed to coming on board for 2020 from missing out on opportunities as other counties put together the coaching teams. So obviously his backroom team, he's because he's been left in limbo, these lads are saying to him, Donald, what the hell's going on? I have an opportunity potentially to get involved with that backroom team. So he's had to pull out. It's been, it's been, um, it's been dragging on a little bit too long. We know Brian Lowen is in for it. He, he confirmed that to the Clare champion. Um, you know, he's got uh, experience, obviously, at, at Fitzgibbon um, level. And he's obviously a clear legend. So I don't know how to feel about this. I saw some people saying that Donald Maloney's been uh, very harshly treated. He deserved better. Um, we know that um, his co-manager, Jerry O'Connor, pulled out. So now Donald Maloney came in on a, on a joint management thing and now he wants it on his own. The joint manager's got a one-year extension last year. You know, I, I'm not sure what to feel. Obviously the interview process and the decision should should be made, you know what I mean, and not leave him hanging. Yeah. But whether Brian Lowen deserves a go at it, I would be more of the line to say maybe he does deserve a go at it. So what should be critical here of is that Donald Maloney's had to pull out of it because it's been dragging on rather than Donald Maloney doesn't get the job again. Mm. Am I making sense? Yeah, I would I would have thought that yeah, they should have just let him have the job. Like he was part of that back he was part of that due for a few years and did reasonably well and like you know players seem to like him yeah, the backing of the players yeah the players seem to like him but at the same time players can often like things that they're comfortable with rather than actually have someone else come in and be yeah. challenged as well I often hear things about it can often be dangerous thing listening to players too much I, I'm a, there's def, different things I like to hear their opinions on and then there's other things like for example this tier 2 competition I would talk, <laughs> talk about this again Players being asked about that is just madness. I think you you're know? spot on. <laughs> but I do take your opinion. Like the players giving or being happy with him again. But how about the players? Were they asked about Brian Lohan? What do I think of potentially him managing? You yeah. know what I mean? That's not just. I don't know. I don't know. I think. I think him saying that the players um, giving him support. If you asked them, would you like me back again? I'm not going to say no, like he's probably good, but then would he say, why don't you give them an option or would it be Brian Lohan? You know mm. what I mean? It's not really a fair question. Yeah, no, that's probably a fair point because I'm just thinking about, you know, when you're training for a few months and it's very obvious that the team needs to get fitter, but nobody's going to suggest that to the management team because they're all happy coming down and messing around and playing a few <laughs> a few games and then you don't want to get into that cycle of doing fitness work then because you're not doing it. It's obviously not what's happening with Claire, but it's no, just I to see say your point. Yeah, see your the point. players aren't always going to like speak forward when yeah. you're getting it nice and handy. Yeah, no, I, I completely, I completely agree. All right, listen, we've we're done there with the club stuff. Up next, we will discuss some stuff that I missed while I was away in Australia for three weeks. Yeah, well, I'm glad you brought that up now because <laughs> there's no such thing as a media ban. We don't have a media ban. Ah, you do? No, we don't. Um, but you what, didn't we, let Shamey talk at a at a hurley launch one day. Yeah, but hold on a second now. He was at a hurley launch, you know. Yeah, you know, I, there's I, a media I, ban if he can't no, talk no, about that. Absolutely not. I think you guys need to do your job. Don't depend on us guys for quotes. You know. Okay. But but no, earn, he, earn your living like the rest of us. But if he's at a media day and he says to the media that I'm not allowed to talk, then he's obviously on a ban. Well, I think he's carrying a mixed message.
Okay, so stuff I missed, um, Conan. Obviously, the big one, which I was absolutely sickened about, was the All Ireland final. <laughs> <laughs> so you're picking a time in the year where you think, right, I wasn't too disappointed to miss the last three weeks of September because it's a dull time of the year. Yeah. Nothing happens. You're trying to bridge that gap. I'll leave it to Conan. I'll leave that to Conan, <laughs> yeah. So I did a couple of interviews for you and the best of and stuff like that and just left you left you on there. So that was the way it works. But obviously, with the way the replay went, I, I obviously missed the, the All-Ireland. Uh, replay which was a complete disaster for me so I ended up watching it on GA Go which came in helped me out big time I didn't want to watch it in a bloody pub at 3 it was 3am in Sydney when mm. it was on I didn't want to watch it in a in a pub full of drunk people I didn't even know whether a pubs would be open at that stage to show it I don't think they were so the only option was GA Go it was perfect it was on the laptop didn't freeze didn't you know it was just able to watch it perfectly true and I was a fairly tipsy watching it by 3am I'm sure you can imagine because the, I had the jet lag kind of kicked in and the only way to stay awake was to keep sipping away at a, at a few beers so I I put out a few, good few tweets during the match and I deleted them all the next morning <laughs> except for one but anyways um, one of the best halves of football the first half that I've ever watched. I thought it was just mm. non-stop. I mean, this is Gaelic football. Just a follow-on, really, from the first game. Two teams that play the game absolutely an in- incredibly attacking mode. Now, I know they have the players to do that, but I think mm. any any team that plays another team at their similar level can can take each other on, can go for it, go for it against each other. And one thing that stuck out for me was, like, I mean... With, with Dublin like they turned the screw in the second half you know that goal obviously he overstepped We talk, how many times do we talk on the show about when you're being tackled and you're riding a tackle yeah. the referee seems to give you a free pass on the amount David Moran brilliant and all in the first game and good again the next day he'll remember being turned over in the first day and he'll remember kind of hitting that throw in that Points way it, why, why did he need to do that like I mean you know he'll have regrets and it's, yeah. a, this, it's disappointing because he was so brilliant but Dublin won three in a row and a goal in 62 minutes Lee Keegan the whole stadium came alive Mayo looked destined to win their All-Ireland no no Dublin weren't interested in that then they're going for five in a row dead and buried completely gone uh, behind 12 minutes left no no we're not accepting that today Kevin McManaman turns over David Moran Kevin McManaman seeing very little game time and came on and showed that kind of attitude and then 10 all in the replay Jack McCaffrey gone off you know wondering what's going to happen here bang goal in and there was only really one winner then after that Yeah uh, it was it was sensational stuff like and you were getting accusations that you couldn't bear to be here for uh, for Dublin winning five. <laughs> oh, well, I'm sure, yeah. I'm, I know that's no surprise. <laughs> but it was just one of those ones. Like, oh, I was privileged to be to be there watching it live. And at half time, like, sort of took about two or three minutes to come round, just you know, process and everything. Yeah. Everybody seemed shell shocked. Like, shit, that was class. So like, much happened. Know. Oh, it was brilliant. And like, yeah, Dublin they did deserve to win. They were they were the better team definitely in the second half of that of that replay. Um, Kerry will probably have their own regrets like not just David Moore Kerry from the first day out when, when he got ahead and That was the big thing Kerry I thought interesting Kerry long balls and then uh, then just abandoned it I thought that was a weird one even though because Clifford isn't brilliant in the air and it's alright get it in there but uh, maybe Tommy Walsh should have started with that tactic you know and they just kind of gave yeah. up then by the time Tommy Walsh came on, they kind of hit hopeful balls. That was the that was the kind of argument we were making before the first game, saying that, you know, 
sometimes when you come on and it's a desperate situation, you'll resort to giving, you know, the yeah. balls that he's not going to win. Thought it was interesting that the Dublin left James McCarthy midfield and put Philly McMahon ready to come on when he came on. That was the smart thing to do the first mm. day. Only Jim Gavin's um, brain kind of scrambled. Philly was pushing him on the sideline before he came on. Pardon? You're Philly, joking, yeah, was they were both he? lining up beside the fourth official and Philly was pushing him and shoulder Fantastic him and stuff. It was class. Ah, yeah. well, that's brilliant. So Connolly had a complete mixed bag. Like, you I mean, on one hand, you could say he had a bit of a nightmare. On another hand, he did some really special things. And I think maybe that sums up Dear McConnelly. Spectacular outside of the right boot into Kieran Kilkenny. Jeez, he gave the ball away an awful lot of times, then yeah. missed the goal towards the end. Um, I'm not sure how to analyse his. In total, I would say, didn't play well yeah. at all. Like, I would even agree with you, Willie. You no, know, he gave it away. Like, he hand passed it away three times. Yeah. Like, and. Uh, he did set up Niall Scully he did a good run inside and Niall Scully should have got a goal actually he set that point over. he two assists for points two assists. but he did a lot of bad things as well That was, I think that was it there's two good things that he did and then like the goal was completely selfish like you know there were three on two yeah. that needs to be like that's a rehearsed move but as Keane Ward said it's like he was never there for training when they were rehearsing it but they do them regularly in warm ups they yeah. do those three three on two situations like I mean it's thrown off and then again I don't know when you get into that situation sometimes one passed too many makes the angle terrible and you know some, mm. if, I don't know if he scores that it's the right option if he misses he's <laughs> yeah, greedy yeah. that's kind of the way Conor Callaghan potential black card before half time um, poor Michael Simon's got fouled for it which was completely bizarre stuff I don't think it was a black card I think he fouled him but like I can see why people would appeal for the potential black card there Yeah no like it's, it's obviously a, a cynical foul so maybe like you know if the rules have changed but by actually by the letters of the law the Didn't referee pull him down. referee got it right it was a ticking he just got the wrong person <laughs> got it. the wrong person for it so yeah that was it was Jim Gavin very did you go into the presser I was reading Jim Gavin was very relaxed um, after the five and raw was like you know that's the job done I can be myself a little bit is that fair I didn't see any videos it of it it seemed that way like and he was less um <sighs> Anyway, it wasn't sort of hiding from the media as much. Like, anyway, he wasn't like deliberately speaking in cryptic tones or anything like that. He was actually, even when he was asked about his future, he genuinely seemed to be thinking about it. And he said, like, he seemed like a human being. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and even he was celebrating a lot afterwards as well. And um, he said that, like, about his personal life and his job outside of football and stuff. Yeah. You know, which he would never, he would never say normally. Like Jim Gavin would just say. It's not the time we're celebrating. We'll decide that. In oh yeah, he'd bat that away. Yeah, yeah but the fact sure. that he gave you some little insight was it was different. Yeah, no, it was. So it'll be interesting. See, I don't think it's a, a a guarantee that he's staying on at all. Why would you want to stay on? You've done five in a row, mate. Go. <laughs> like I mean, he, and he's been involved since. I was reading with the under twenty ones back in 04 or five. Mm-hmm. It's a long stint. He owes Dublin nothing. I'd I'd relax. Yeah. What can he What can he achieve now outside five in a row has never been done ever in the history of Gaelic games in hurling or football. You've just done it. This is the very top. Unless you get the ten, I don't think they'll get the ten. They could. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if he's he's committed for two years. So you're finishing on a set. I just think five is just a lovely number. It's history. It's immortality for him. Look, me and Jim Gavin are very different people, <laughs> which, which is pretty obvious. But if I was him, I would go. I would, I would be done and leave it to somebody else. Or maybe that's just kind of, I don't know, from a Leinster Championship point of view, wishful thinking from my part that <laughs> yeah. he's obviously has, has them in such good order. We could get somebody else in that mightn't be as good. Uh, look, like, yeah, that's, if we're all being honest, uh, as neutrals, I, I'd rather see him go just to try and like level up a bit. Somebody who's not as good as him, somebody yeah. who might take a few more risks and like you know blows up in their face. But if I was Jim Gavin, yeah, you'd probably think five is a nice number. But you'd also be thinking we're clear favourites to win this again next year and the year after. I think they'll definitely win the next two, and then it might get tighter. 
like not to write off Kerry completely, but I think Dublin are by far and away favourites to win the next two. So you'd be walking away from two All Irelands if he if he walked away. Yeah. Do you know which is that which is a big decision as well? Yeah. yeah, they are very strong favourites. So Kieran Kilkenny got five. I saw you interviewed him when I was gone. He said he was uh, more intentful in mm. the replay, and I'm like. Why aren't you more intentful in every bloody game, Kieran? Like you're clearly of class, and I understand his kind of idea of being a playmaker. And I don't see him giving that many kick passes into the full forward line. I see him tick, get have, keeping the game ticking over and being on the ball and doing a lot of the dirty work and stuff like that. And maybe that's what he meant. I saw some quotes from him saying that his full the full forward line is so strong that his idea is to get it into them. Mm. I don't often see him getting it into them as much. Um, although he does but I see him doing a lot of the hard work and maybe he got it into his head that he was going to take his men on he said that in, in the interview with you and go at him and look what he's like when he does that like I mean he's just he's a he's a brilliant brilliant player and a lot of my criticism of him with all the hand passing is like it's at the expense of this when he yeah. was an underage player this lad was a phenomenal scorer and when you see him doing all the hand passing you're like mate go out and go for the game you know, he turned maybe too conservative. Maybe he's turned a corner now and he's going to try and uh, affect the scoreboard a lot more. Yeah, like because he, he can. He, he's, un, he's unmarkable. Like, you know, there's nothing you can do. Like, he can win ball any type of way he wants to. He can win anywhere on the pitch and then he can take anybody on. Uh, See, an, just, just to cut you off here, just which I thought was interesting, is he was called into a meeting and they told him to affect the scoreboard a bit more. So is he given free reign? For, like, so if this was a... If he was to say, well, in other games, my job has been more win-break and, you know, affect the team that way, you know, at the expense of scoring, that fair enough. But I, the bit I took from the interview is that he's not, he's, like, he had to be told to score more. It's not like he, he hasn't been told not to score more in other games. Am, am I making sense that it seems like he, he can play the game the way he wants? He's chosen this himself. Yeah, I was actually going to say that, that was interesting going into the meeting because it seemed to me that the managers were happy with him not scoring more and, right. and not getting that close to goals like they wanted him as a, the outlet all the time doing all the hard work and yeah like it's all he needed was somebody to say go and, and do it yeah and he was like oh yeah great I'll do it like and he came out and was man in the match and, and the thing is he still did all the other work he was still brilliant he won two or three kickouts as well for Cluxon. yeah he um he'd still linked to play switched to play and still scored four points from play so he can do both as well. Yeah, you can do fun. both. You can get a balance as well. I thought prime time. I had to laugh when I was reading a thing about prime time doing the the piece on the on Dublin. It was the Tuesday night after one five in a yeah. row. Now, five in a row, obviously, like I said, has never been done. I thought that was in poor taste by prime time because I've suggested prime time do this. Remember, I actually said here on the show, prime time should do a piece on the funding because we were given out about Marty doing it and doing a really fluff piece. Yeah. And that's fair enough. And it's just like, Jesus Christ, prime time. That's great. But like, I mean, to choose the night after to win five in a row, I thought that was a bit harsh from RT. And I think we obviously speak a lot about the funding here. And I think they need to be separated. I really do. And I think I do agree with the point in saying that it's very unfair that this conversation hangs around the head of James McCarthy, who tweeted about it, hangs around the head of Stephen Cluxton, hangs around and their achievement of winning five in a row. No funding is going to make those players respond to the Lee Keegan goal the way they did or respond in that 12 minutes. Like these lads are leaders, winners, like every other team. And I think that needs to be analysed 
separate to the funding because the funding is a conversation we need to have and everybody needs to have it that it's completely unfair and it's disproportionate and Dublin have enough money. All those conversations need to be had but not on the Tuesday after the one day All-Ireland because this is another conversation of how brilliant they are and separate why they're brilliant. I don't think it's impossible conversation or debate to win of how much that funding has impacted on that team. You know, it definitely has an impact on Connolly, on Kevin McManaman, on Cluxton, on Bernard Brogan, on James McCarthy of that era. You could maybe say that some of the younger lads coming through have been products of, you know, of the games development money. But like, how do you prove that? Mm. You know, some of them do. I do accept the argument. Some of them come from GA families who would be playing regardless. Like, who are the lads from, like, you could say Philly McMahon from the Flats. He's a benefactor, but sure, he came before that kind yeah. of came through. So who are these ones coming from disadvantaged areas that ne- might never have played football? I haven't seen much kind of arguments on, on you know what I mean, on those yeah. people. I do. I think the the funding is a conversation that has to be had. But these players as legends of the game and incredible players, I think should be celebrated like RT on the Tuesday night should have done a a, a, an, an, a TV piece on the five in a row and yeah. celebrated it, you know, and gone through those games that were close enough and leave that other conversation for another time because that has, absolutely has to be had. But on the Tuesday night after a five yeah. in a row, never been done before. My God, I thought that was poor. Yeah, it was very, very bad timing. Like, and like Bernard Brogan Senior was saying in the live show that we did about, he was giving the stats of all how close Dublin were ran in semi-finals and finals over the last five years. So, they have had to dig it out and prove their character and and their skill as well. Like, they just they did fluff it a bit. The piece, like, they could have had somebody a bit more useful in terms of the GA in on it. Like to, to explain why this was done or like instead of the, I think it was Nafina chairman who's just there saying, well, you know, it's all volunteers and everybody else has to catch up. It's the, the usual line that God they give sake, out. Yeah. She's insulting to everybody around the country. Like remember when you and Jardiff Burns were here going at it and I remember thinking he made such a good point there about how every Me? like No, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, no. <laughs> Jardiff, um about like you know what this is where all the population is and we need to invest there because like we you know, we need the capital to be as strong uh, GA needs to be the strongest sport in the capital yeah. and then he was saying it's a separate issue then how strong the Dublin football team have become but he's like we needed to do that first but if you had had somebody in talking about that and then like maybe actually being open to the possibility if someone else has to happen off the back of this whether it's other counties now you're getting the same amount of support or changing the the team or the county or whatever it is but they had nobody like that and it was just yeah it was just people saying you work harder get you, get your house in order as, yeah. as Marty Morrissey would say yeah and Charlie Redmond I was just reading a piece I think it must have been in the evening hurled obviously completely missing the point I feel I don't feel right criticising Charlie Redmond because he's one of my favourite players he said not a, not a cent of that coaching and gave development money he was writing a piece giving out about the primetime um uh, program, he said, not a cent of that coaching and games development money goes on preparing any Dublin intercounty team. Like it's all, it's uh, it is all spent on sending coaches into the clubs and the schools to encourage young boys and girls to be the best they can be. Like I mean, it's bizarre just even reading that. Yes, obviously it doesn't. It's not spent on the intercounty teams because it's games development. But the Dublin County Board don't have to spend their massive AIG money and all the money they're flushed with with their sixteen different sponsors. They don't have to spend that on games development money. In turn being able to spend all that money on the intercounty yeah. he's like how can he miss that point so spectacularly and, <laughs> yeah. and and how can the person that's ghostwriting that article 
not pull him up on that and not at least have that factually correct because see, there's Dublin supporters and the ones that lynch me on Twitter and you know are always coming back they're reading this from a Dublin legend is wrong mm. how can that go to print <laughs> yeah. by the ghostwriter and see you were saying about the, the, the players coming from GA families and, and good stock or whatever and, and like we don't have the proof of how much this money is impacting these actual players who have come through. But what it does is it creates this massive monster culture in, yeah. in Dublin. And it's but it's unfair, regardless of how it improves Dublin senior team. Oh, yeah, that's it's, this is unfair. Yeah. They've, they've enough. Yeah. They don't need all that. Like I mean, and that conver- again, that conversation. I'm going to have that conversation with John Horan. Hopefully, uh, very soon. He promised me an interview um, there. I was going to do it before I left, but then the final obviously went to a replay and couldn't do it. But these are conversations we should be having with. Uh, I did have with the director general um, Tom Ryan, and hopefully we'll have a GA president. But not ha- the five in a row should be celebrated. I don't care. Yeah. Like it should be celebrated. It's an incredible achievement, and it should be celebrated. And there should be a programme on RT soon celebrating the five in a row. Because if we're being honest, it w- that would be done for any other county. It would mm. be done. There's no doubt about that. So, like, I mean, it should it should definitely be celebrated and it should be separated away. I, I can completely see where the Dublin players were getting really pissed off and all Absolutely. the effort they put in and everything they go through. And after turning games around that were going to be lost and all that character and all those things, for, this to, for it to be cheapened in any way by the funding, I think it's unfortunate for them. Yeah, no, I, you know, I, I and definitely I always defend players above anything else, but we'll we'll continue to fight the fight of and again, it's against the GEA for favoriting Dublin games development money above other counties. I think that's fair. You know what I mean? That's fair to say. Anyways, we'll move on from that because we could have spent all day on that. Mike Quirk, uh next leash manager, absolutely completely out of left field this one, and I'm I'm, I'm delighted with it because He's obviously with Kearns or Atlee, so his club experience, but his examiner pieces I always like. Yeah. He's smart, he's he's intelligent, he has good good insights on the game. Um, hosts a, a rival podcast, not as good as this one, but we won't <laughs> hold that against him. Um, so he might be gone off that, so the examiner might need to find another uh, podcast uh, host. But like, I mean, you know, I... I to be honest, I I had been hearing Liam Kearns had got the job and I had mixed feelings about... Uh, uh, Liam Kearns who was joking with MJ Tierney Jesus you'll be back in the mix with free taker Kearns loved MJ <laughs> so MJ, MJ was absolutely thrilled when he heard this because he, he's been overlooked by a good few managers now since this but uh, yeah so it turns out to be my quirk I'm excited about it it's a, a great appointment from the Leash County Board I'm so glad and I criticise the Leash County Board a lot that I know there's a management committee uh, uh, you know appointed to to select this or do the interview process and stuff like that. I know Fergal Byron's on it. But this is the second manager now that's been a bit of left field and not on the managerial merry-go-round. Not yeah. these lads that have managed other counties and it's the same. And hopefully counties move away from that model of, you know, getting your Tom Carr or getting your Luke Dempsey or, you know, getting this kind of Tomaso Flatterty. You know, these lads that Bandy. are... <laughs> Bandy back in with Monaghan. Yeah, <laughs> we mentioned him before we left. But this, like, young, hungry, modern thinker and I think I'm very optimistic about it. I've had a few missed calls when I was in Australia. We don't know his backroom team yet, so I don't know Mike Quirk's number, whether it was... <laughs> but yeah, no, look, I'm excited about it. I think it's a, it's a very good appointment. Yeah, like it is. It's very exciting. And it's sort of like Eddie Brennan coming into Leash as well. He's coming from you know a successful background. He just immediately raises standards. He expects things to be done better. He, he'll be exposed to high performance like you know, what works like, and he's going to bring that to leash and the players will respect him straight away as well you know because of who he is and what he's done 
yeah like in any time I've heard him like mostly on second captains I've heard him and on the examiner he, he's got a great brain like you know he analyses the game well you listen to rival podcasts huh? no no just people people <laughs> give me snippets of it like, I don't give him the click I just hear it off somebody else's phone <laughs> no that's it no he, I've heard him as a pundit and he's a good pundit so like I mean again it's just a very good appointment from Leash so we wish, we wish Mike um, all the best of luck other bit of news I missed is Donal Cusack is back in is back in McCork um, only for one year which I thought was a weird one so there's a, manage, a Cork minor manager picked for next year the year after I think geez, that's, a, that's definitely a strange one it was also confirmed Noel Furlong will succeed Donal as minor boss in 2021 I don't know so they're just giving him from the year faced a lot of uh uh, backlash bit of a backlash county board meeting one person bringing up the Tom Humphreys thing another um, delegate bringing up the Sunday game saying that um, he called the stadium redevelopment in Park Kiev the centre centre of mediocrity I hope now he accepts that it's the centre of excellence um, <laughs> not a centre of mediocrity other people are objecting to his potential style of play I think Donald Logue, uh obviously might favour a style of play for less traditional counties but I'd be very surprised if he goes in with Cork and plays any sort of a, a kind of defensive system with them it only go, go down well in Cork um, given the pedigree that they have and the history and the tradition that's a little bit like the Kilkenny model but most counties are mirroring it's, it's a bit like football most counties are mirroring each other now you know and what one county will say is a sweeper another county will say it's a, a holding centre back you know listen he'll play a modern brand of hurling I think that's pretty pretty obvious um, yeah so Kieran Kingston is their senior manager now the players wanted him um, went to him and asked him to take the job and Pat Ryan he's, is their under 20 uh, boss other news is Congress is on the 19th of October um, so we have the two tier thing uh, thing still ticking along um, Conan so the GPA and the CPA have both said they're in favour of the Tier 2 but not the format that is being suggested at next month's Special Congress this is bizarre and this is stuff we have said um, so the the Special Congress is going on 19th of October in Porky Cueve and like Mike Michal Brody uh, the chairman of the CPA he summed it up perfectly for me and I've said this before I left this is just bizarre so they're trying to push through a Congress, a tier two competition. Now, some counties don't like it because the, like Tipperary, for example, if if one of the proposals is accepted, they'll be in tier two, mm. you know, whereas they want it to be based off lease standings next year, which I think would be a lot fairer because they got relegated not knowing, yeah. not knowing that that the was going to... The consequences, yeah. whereas they could have had a lad that wasn't, was coming back from injury and they wouldn't, they wouldn't try, they wouldn't risk him. Mm. Whereas if they knew, will this, will be playing him if we're going, you know, going to go down to tier two. Do you know what I mean? Completely unfair to do it the year it hasn't been in. It has to go from next year's uh, league. Now, you know, logistically, how can that work based on if the championship just starts after that league ends, it'll be, you know, that would get messy as well. Like, how can they do the championship draws and everything? So I presume that's a messy thing if they're trying to get it in next year. Michal Brody brings up another um, issue. He says, the fixture fixtures task force is in place. This is the one I've been talking about. It doesn't make any sense that there is a parallel fixture making system happening at the same time. So we know John Horan has set up this committee with a blank canvas to look at whatever they want and they have there is completely no restrictions on what they look at and they have members of GPA, CPA third level institutions uh, the CCCC all this sounds brilliant it's what everyone's been campaigning for certainly we have on this show so 
he's talking about, he says, as Colin Begley alluded to, what could happen here is that if it's agreed at the Special Congress that the Tier 2 was to go through, it would then be overwritten in February because the task force will come with proposals in November to go to Congress in 2020 for implementation in 2021. So this Tier 2 goes through, just to simplify that. It can be overwritten in February, right? This February, in the Congre- co- usual Congress is in February, the task fo- this task force, which was set up this year by John Horan, is going to come with the recommendations in November. And that's to go through to the Congress in February for, for the 2021. So by the time this comes, before this ever comes, before the, this tier two that's going through, and I hope everyone's still with me, on the 19th <laughs> of October, before that can even be implemented, it'll be over, it'll be over, could be overridden next February. Now it'll get one year, but everybody will know this is just a dead duck of one year before the other one starts in 2021. Isn't that just, when you think about that, we've we, we talked about John Horan wanting his legacy and stuff like that. You've set up this fixture list. You'd imagine a tier two would be part of any good um, proposal for a, a, a championship season. Let that be your legacy. Stop this nonsense of forcing this through now on a, a in a rushed fashion. Yeah. Only for next February to be voting on another one. Like that's a laughing stock. Yeah, it, it is. Like, and there's a few problems with it as well. I think like the fact that it, it's it's married to the provincial structure doesn't help. Yeah. Like you know, because then you have a scenario where Leinster teams and and Derry. I, I look at Derry all the time, but. You know, Derry would have potentially have to win three games and get to an Ulster final just to stay in the main competition. Whereas Cork, who beat Limerick last year yeah. in the first game, they would automatically be in the same competition. So that's not fair, like, you know, based on who you have to play because you're an Ulster and based on how many games yeah. you have to play. If you are going to do your tier two, then, like, surely it should be a, a tier two. Like, you know, yeah. or like, and I, you'd, you'd imagine this task, fixture task uh, committee, is going to sep- either going to do away with the provincials or separate them from the All Ireland series. So now you're, it's complete, that tier two is a dead duck then, if it, you know what I mean, when it's linked to it. So it, it's just, it's, it doesn't make any sense really, does it? No, and it is like as much, like you know, you've talked a lot about wanting a tier two and your, like your proposals are a lot better than this. And like what this will do, unfortunately for, for you, is like, I don't think this will be good if it did come through and people yeah, wouldn't take it seriously. Yeah. And then it would be gone again. Because you're in the big one, then you're in the shitty one and then yeah. who cares about being... Yeah, we've, we've, we've talked about that. It, look, it's, it's a bizarre... It sums up the GEA and it's thinking, you know, that when, when they're accused of long-term planning and it is, this is the same president that has appointed this committee and is pushing this tier two the year before the committee... <laughs> Look, you couldn't make this stuff up. Hopefully we'll talk to John Horn anyways and try and, and pick his brain about his thinking behind that. My advance mark, I see the way I call it, my advance mark. The one that they ruined with the 45 metre thing. Remember your heart sank? When yeah. That oh, I read that really, that really bothered me. I'm still not a fan of the 45. I prefer the, I think when we see that All-Ireland final, you realise Gaelic football doesn't necessarily need much anymore. Mm. I do think the, the, the advance mark inside the 21 adds to what we have doesn't mess with what we have. Do you know what I mean? It, it only it can only improve what we have. I think when you bring it out to the 45, who would want to slow down that bloody yeah. All-Ireland? You know, if it potentially did slow it down, you would hope, then again, you would hope that anyone catch, nobody's really calling marks in the 45. So anyways, we'll get a look at it. But they've advanced, the, they've moved, this is true, this is the, an adjustment to the, uh, for the October, the 19th of October Congress. 
they've moved it from five seconds to 15 seconds. Again, I wouldn't really agree with that. I like the five seconds. It doesn't slow down the game. You know, you, you certainly don't want some Muppet going through a free-taking routine. Yeah. You know, I don't get that. Like, do, do you need 15 seconds to kick a ball? I don't think so. Not. I think that potentially would slow down. Unless that is from, if somebody catches the ball... And no, 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 no. Look, there's no scenario that 15 seconds is acceptable <laughs> no. there. Because like, if, you, if you're catching the ball in a scoring area, which is presumably why you take the mark, you don't only have a second to shoot anyway. So why the hell do you need 15? Like, yeah. Five seconds would be enough to catch it, put your hand up, turn around, look at the post oh, and swing so you, it Do you know what you'll end up seeing them doing? You'll see them catching the ball, you'll see them stopping and they'll do about four big breaths in and out. You know, like the rugby <laughs> players, because some Gaelic footballers have robbed that from rugby. Yeah. I, I, there's nothing I hate more than that so now like instead of just kicking the ball over the bar we have to go through some Muppet taking four deep breaths and then kicking it over and to slow down the ball the game and it, it actually makes it more like a mark Aussie rules mark rather than just you know an advanced mark to encourage kicking you yeah. know what I mean kicking in and um, I don't know I don't know why they need this mess they obviously have got they obviously have some um, some statistics or you know information as to why they have done that, but I'd like to read yeah. it. It's it's just it's bad off the back of yeah the two the Kerry Dublin finals and my last memory of Gaelic football is Conor Callaghan winning the ball and turning around and going at his man and David Clifford doing the same going at his man. Maybe they would still do that, but if it starts getting into your head or you start hearing a whistle or yeah. so you saw it in the Conor would have taken the mark there. He would definitely have taken the mark. Yeah, and just put it over. Yeah, yeah, he would have, and that's disappointing. Because yeah, and the whole beauty of it is that it's like. It's the unpredictability of what a forward can do. But maybe we'll get to the stage where we'll just celebrate that catch then. You know, but then is that getting a little bit like Aussie rules then? You know, like, I mean, I, do you get me? The whole idea of the mark yeah. in Aussie rules is actually a brilliant catch. But remember the Ross Common, Ross Common game when he caught it and, and still went on That's the one I'm talking about, Chad. I was talking about the Ross Common one. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I was just talking about the final in general. Ah, when he was right, winning okay. the ball and taking yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, like isn't it great that in Gaelic football we can celebrate the catch and he can still go on and score? Yeah, he can still do that anyway. But I take your point, he landed so weirdly in that one that he would have taken that yeah. mark, definitely would. Look, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. There's been some controversy as well, um, just to finish up, about some finances. So it's a weird one, Galway and Mayo. And similar but different. So the Mayo stuff first has been Tim O'Leary. Um, he set up the Mayo GA International Supporters Foundation. So he's raised loads of money. Of his own money he's been given, 415000 he said he's given. So he's obviously very wealthy. Um, there's massive uh, funding available in America through the passion of, of second generation rich. I've met loads of them. I know all, uh, they get rich in construction, Tarm Academy, you name it. And they went to America in the right time around the 80s, 90s when America was the land of opportunity. Mm. Not so much now. But they made huge money and they love Gaelic games. They put up some of their own money for players going out during the summer. They're more than happy to organise big gala dinners and all that. And we know that counties are availing of it and going out there. He is has threatened to cut. Has he threatened to threatened it or has cut it, he says, un, until appropriate governance structures, structures are put in place. Um, so apparently it's about plans for an academy and a centre of excellence. So mm-hmm. he he's basically telling the county board that I'm giving you all this money. This is my own money. This is money I'm raising. For this money, if you want it, I want a few things done with the money. I think he's perfectly within his rights to do that. I think the Mayo County Board can't just go out with their hands out and say, well, we'll take your money, but we, we've gone over on the team spending and we're going to spend it on that. No, 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 no. Because we know county boards aren't great for long-term planning either. A lot of them are, are amateur volunteers. 
Tim O'Leary might be a very successful businessman and he might have a, an idea of how he'd like his money spent and now they're maybe coming into conflict about how it's spent. I think the Mayo County Board, if you want his money, put it where he wants it or else you don't get it. Like, I mean, it's very simple to me. It's kind of a black and white issue. Yeah, um, so he... Yeah, he said he's withholding some of the money that they're owed until he sees exactly where they're spending it. Yeah, like, it, it's interesting. It's just... Uh, it this is a present. This is basically a present. He's entitled to tell them where he wants it spent. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm struggling to find a, a counter-argument here, really. I'm just wondering, like, what, what were Mayo's... What did they think was happening when they were entering into this agreement? Yeah. Did they think... But isn't it even an agreement? How would Mayo not enter into this agreement? Like, they're getting free money from this man who's doing yeah. it out of the good of his own... Because let's compare to the Galway Supermax issue, for example. So, Supermax issued a bizarre statement, as far as I'm concerned. So, they, they, they showed how much they'd given Galway in the in the five years that they've been sponsoring. 200 grand, 229 grand, 258 grand, 322 and 248. Not astronomical figures, let's be honest, considering how how successful Galway are at all codes up along. Minor football, minor hurling, under 21 football, under 21 hurling, senior hurling, senior football. That's a drop in the ocean for what they spend on the team. But anyways, um, so they, in a statement released, they said they wanted information about how the almost 1.6 million over five years has been used by the county board. So this is what Supermax said in her statement. It said Supermax would like to see clarification from the Galway County Board as to how this money was spent. Specifically, have the players and management benefited or how has the county board benefited? That's none of Supermax's business as far as I'm concerned. This is a completely different um different business transaction. Supermax are a business that are getting advertising from the Mayo County Board. So they're not giving money out of the goodness of their own heart. They're not saying, here Mayo, here's this money. Don't put our name on your jersey. Don't give us all this free advert. Don't give us all this advertising. This is different. They're paying for advertising, which they're getting loads out of. All Ireland hurling champions, minor football champions, you know, under 21 football champions, minor hurling champions. Look at the publicity. Who doesn't know who sponsors the Galloway, the Galloway, uh, the Galloway jersey? No one. It's Supermax is completely linked to G- Galloway hurling and football in a good way, right? So they've done very, very well out of Galloway GEA. How dare they tell Galloway GEA how to spend the money that they're buying advertising with? That's none of their business. This is completely different to Tim O'Leary, who is a private businessman giving a present. He's not looking for Tim O'Leary put on the Mayo jersey. <laughs> in that case, then you'd say, Tim, you're, you know, back and off. You're paying, you're, for, you're that, paying yeah. for that. Supermax are paying for advertising. That's where it ends. They can't go telling the Galway County Board where to spend it. And such nonsense. He says, they said, specifically, have the players and management benefited or has the County Board benefited? What does that mean? Are they suggesting County Board uh, uh, people are pocketing the money? Like, what does that mean? Where would the money go to? Like it's bizarre. I don't know what they're suggesting yeah. there. Well, there, ha- there is some investigation ongoing, isn't there, about Galway's uh, funding and and the finances there? Right. So, so there could be something untoward going that obviously maybe I've missed since I was away. I'm just looking at this on the surface, thinking that this just seems ro- it seems odd. Yeah. No. Uh, it, it is. It's it's odd that they put it out publicly. Like you know, it's and they did say they asked the question four years ago. I don't know what was happening four years ago or whatever. Why, why they were asking then, but. Yeah, why would they not just you know, ask this in a private email and then Galway could tell them, go away, it's not, it's, not, it's not any of your business, like, you know, but the fact that they put it out in a statement is very strange and it was almost like a, 
a pylon affect them because of of this investigation or whatever. The only thing I could see where they would be more entitled to find out what where the money's going is that ancillary benefit that they they offered, which is there to sort of provide support for an organization. So not necessarily for the for the sponsorship. That's okay. three hundred and forty grand. That's not one point six million. Um, yeah, I don't know how entitled they are. They can ask the question, but Galway can probably just say no. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know about an investigation. That changes my whole uh, very strong opinion on this. Well, in their statement, they reference two investigations. Um, so okay, I'll just read it out. Supermax understands that two investigations have taken place into Galway finances of Galway GA. One conducted by Galway and a second conducted by Mazars. Supermax is calling for these investigations to be made public immediately. All right, okay. So there might be something. There might, there might be something a little bit more to it than that. So um, we don't know. Definitely on the face of it, I would stick to my opinion that Supermax have no business telling the Galway County Board what to do with the money that they're paying for advertising for. Mm. But if there's investigations going in and I don't know what they are maybe they're entitled to say well if some money potentially is going missing here we'll hope it's not our money is that yeah. fair? Yeah but like again like I think maybe your point is is it that fair for them to ask that because they're still getting their money's worth out of it they're still getting their yeah. advertising yeah. and sponsorship yeah. and linked to Galway GA so I don't know It's like maybe they think nobody would spend as much as them so they're giving a bit more than maybe another Galway sponsor would. Yeah, maybe it is. Anyways, it's definitely a weird one. That's it. That's all the stuff I've missed, uh, Conan, <laughs> while I was away. Maybe, I don't think I've actually missed something because I did leave you high and dry in the, <laughs> shitty, time of the, in the shitty time of the year, but you did all right. Noel McGrath didn't get nominated for her of the year. Oh yeah, Jesus, yeah. But see, I, I, I predicted that. I said that on the Hurling Show. I said, why would... The two Tipperary, we know when two, two fellas from the same county get nominated, it dilutes it. So my, I think I said this on the Hurling Show to Cheddar or somebody, I said Patrick Horgan, Shamie Callan yeah, and TJ Reid and let the best man win rather than if Noel McGrath was nominated, then Shamie Callan has less of a chance of winning it. Yeah. Right, which is just normal. We've seen it before, potentially what cost Dublin a couple of times you know up against Mayo mm. uh, because it would always be two Dublin players one Mayo player so I think it's perfect I, I think it's unfortunate for, for Noel McGrath and one thing I did like about that is that the Sunday game wasn't dictating who they picked him as player of the year Shamey Callan is player of the year he has it wrapped up he's going to win it and that's it <laughs> you, should, you should have been here for the show because <laughs> I made a pig's dinner out of it I was trying to do the man justice and I I started talking about someone reminded me on Twitter that I was talking about a game from last year. <laughs> so I was like, forget it, no more hurling until Willie comes back. This is what I this is what I get when I leave you in charge of hurling conversations. So that's it, yeah. We actually we we might get somebody in on a Monday morning from a hurling, uh, someone from a hurling background or something to talk because we do joke about me and you talking about hurling here on, yeah. a, on a Monday. It's not always pretty, so we can maybe do some, <laughs> we'll maybe do something about this as the club season because we're going to crank up the club season stuff. Um, um, for the next couple of months like I always say it's always a, it's a brilliant time of the year and we'll see how we go right listen that's all we've time for Conan we've gone way over there we'll be back on Thursday Paul Galvin is with us and we'll see what else we'll do we'll talk to you then good luck The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power money back as a free bet on any championship match on live TV if you're losing first goal scorer bet gets a goal and when I started running I suppose I didn't stop and when I got the chance to go I said I'd stay going so I opened up we're running the small little fish out there so we are and uh, we're trying hard to make it through but it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish because I love this county so much you know and 
it's just I'm delighted that the lads the lads did it for the people of Waterford today because like I'm I'm heartbroken. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.